Good morning and welcome to Moment of Truth. You are listening in Toronto and Ottawa on Element FM, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. Been a couple of days for me. I've been away uh, for the last couple of days, but it was great to uh, do a little cameo shot uh, Friday morning from the uh, Canadian uh, Music War, uh, we- music Week uh, and the stuff that was going on there. So I thank uh, Kathy for filling in for me the last couple of days. I really appreciate her doing that. And thanks to everybody on the team for uh, uh, chipping in and, and doing a couple of great shows while I was off doing that. And uh, today we have a couple of guests uh, coming into the studio. I must tell you a bit of a surprise for the second half of the show because we're not, I'm not really sure who is going to show, show up from uh, Buddies in Bad Time. But uh, whoever it is, we'll be happy to have them here. But right now in our studio, I have a couple of, uh, I have a couple of musicians, and I think they're going to do a song for us a little later on. Uh, we're going to be uh, hearing from one of the, the players because the other one is a silent partner right now. He's not saying much, but uh, maybe he'll chip in with something. We have Troy Coco uh, with us here in the studio. Did I say that right now or yeah, did I mess it up? It was amazing. Okay, great. Uh, Troy and his brother Dan are here, and uh, uh, I wasn't able to hear it earlier when they were warming up, but I heard they were just blowing the walls off the place. Uh, and that's just with a guitar and a mandolin, so you can imagine if they were um, properly mic'd up. Yeah, we had like some uh, you know, dry ice and strobe lights. Too, so <laughs> that's right. You missed it. And, and they brought that all in a little suitcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Troy, welcome. Thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for, for having me. I'm loving this weather. As you were saying, yep. we're gonna we're gonna keep the I'm reason about, why. I'm all about the drizzle. <laughs> the drizzle. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We we haven't had enough of that. I know. I need rain. <laughs> well, I'm from Alberta, and it's like right. you know, it's it's terribly dry, hot. So it's like you know, I need you know, I'm always forever. My skin needs it. And what part of Alberta? Uh Calgary. Okay. Yeah. Were you yeah. born and raised in Calgary? Born in Red Deer, okay. just north of of Calgary, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I'm an Alberta boy through and through. Yeah, yeah. but always love coming out east. Yeah. And visiting my Ontario friends. So. See, and, and whenever I hear people talk about the West, mm-hmm. I don't include Alberta with the West. I, I, I think of it as Midwest. <laughs> okay. I, I think the West is, is like BC. That's what I think of it sure. as. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? I don't know if we, we definitely include ourselves self in that in that group, but I think, yeah, BC is sort of, it's different, a different animal, isn't it though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the mountains separate you guys. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's, it, you know. There, there are different people for sure, but we we love our BC neighbors for sure. Yeah, yeah. BC is a beautiful place, and it so is. is Alberta. Yeah, you guys have some absolutely stunning, stunning, uh, beautiful areas. Yeah. Always trying to bring people out. Yeah, it's uh, Calgary's been good to to me as a musician, and mm. uh, and uh, yeah, I'm very I'm very fond of my my home province. So, and um, is that why uh, you're you're sort of uh, taken into the country? realm of things? Or? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, when you're in Alberta, because I actually wanted to be a, like kind of a rock star. I mm-hmm. was like, oh, man, I really would like to. So when I started writing music, um, you know, I was in a rock band and I, and I brought my first song and my and my uh, guitar player's like, dude, mm-hmm. that's a country song. And I'm like, no, it's not, <laughs> you know, but it really, and so I kind of, uh, my my publishing company mm. is called Reluctant Cowboy yes, Music. It is. So yes. it's like, you know, and, and I, that's very hence, on purpose because name, it was okay. like, yeah, because I sort of like, you know, when we broke into the uh, myself and my uh, uh, partner and, and uh, wife, Joni Deloria, when we broke into the music business, it was country music that we mm. broke into. But I had to learn all about the genre. And, mm. and so I spent, we had uh, some success earlier on in our careers. And so, I, but I had to learn about country music and who all the people were and Okay, and so, yeah, I was going to ask you, can you explain that a little more about what you meant, but we had to learn about the genre and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we so, had to learn about, you know, just about the craft of the songs and mm-hmm. and and really studying the greats and listening to the Johnny Cash's of the world and the Tim McGraw's and, and understanding, well, you know, because the listeners are very focused on lyrics yeah. and storytelling. So, yeah. yeah Ain't so. it all just hurting songs? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's. I think uh, country music is very honest. Yes. It's very all about honesty. And, and so the, but many of the people that songwrite in Nashville, they do cross over to pop and, and other genres because the, it's very uh, lyrical centric. And so the lyrics are very important. So I think that um, it, that translates in, into other genres and, you know, I think one thing that, that I think country does very well is paint paint very simple pictures very clearly mm-hmm. and tells very, very short, concise stories very well. And I think that takes some crafting and so, and a lot of work to be able to do that in such a simple format to, to 
get that out there yeah. and and to c- continue doing that kind of thing with the songs we hear coming out again and yeah, again. you bet, and I think the one thing about country music is that it it without honesty and without telling the truth and being like so the songwriters and the creators i mean if you if you actually speak with you know the people that have had you know hits on radio they're they're very much a proponent of like, we have to be honest. We have to say something that's real. And the reason why is because there's details in that reality, things Mm. that really happened to David Moses on that day that that thing happened that only you know about. But ultimately those details that have happened to you and when you put them in the songs, those are things that are shared experiences with everybody. So that's really what I think that whole idea of telling stories is about is just getting to that real truth and that one, you know, little thing that you had, you know, putting your handprints Mm. on the, on the in the cement and little details like that 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 sort of draw the listener in. So now, how do you think that that the country genre differs from, say, rock or uh, other other genres of music in terms of the production values? How they put the song together, the kind of tonality, the kind of instrumentation that is yeah. brought in there. Yeah, I think because country music and like I as an artist, I'm more of a, a folk uh, mm-hmm. folk artist. We write in the country music genre, but I think both of those are more lyrical driven. You mm-hmm. know, your audience, your de- the people that are consuming the music are a little more, um, you know, they're, they're more interested in hearing like, well, what is the song about? Mm. Like, I want to know what's the, what's the story behind it. Whereas, you know, I would say with rock and pop, uh, I listen to a ton of rock and pop. Generally, uh, we're, we're more, that is more about uh, conveying an emotion through, through words, but mm. through your, through your, um, your your groove and your and the and the musicality of it is is probably more important slightly only slightly but you'll notice in pop uh not, you know n- not in all pop but especially in rock it's very important that the emotion comes through and the musicality of it and production wise very important so yeah which is kind of uh that that keeps it interesting at least right so so how long ago did you get into uh, the music stuff, and when did you finally uh, reluctantly <laughs> <laughs> say, all right, fine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so when we had, so we had success back in 07, uh, 08, um, and uh, we, uh, myself and my wife decided that, okay, we'll, we'll give this a shot, but I, I kept my job for the mm-hmm. longest time because mm-hmm. like, I came into it sideways, and I'm like, I don't want to be, you know, I'm not going to be living in my car, and, you mm-hmm. know, I need to have a job and a paycheck. Mm. So it was only been in the last sort of two, three years where I got so busy uh, with work and then I'm coming home and I'm writing and, you know, I'm spending 20, 30, sometimes, you know, 40 hours and I'm Mm. burning out. I was Mm -hmm. burning out. So Mm -hmm. we just decided that's like, okay, you know, life is pushing us. So like, let's, let's do this. But but don't you think that if you were living in your car, that might come up with some really good <laughs> yeah, it's like, songs? It's like every song's like, man, I'm not hungry. <laughs> Somebody get me some KD and Wieners. The AC's broken. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like most of the people that have, uh, that we have met have gone through that experience where mm. they've been doing it their whole lives and they paid their dues. So I'm always very grateful that it's like I you know, I'm writing songs and, mm. and do, you know, being musical and, and being able to, to get songs on radio, mm-hmm. whether I'm producing it or whether mm-hmm. I'm, you know, writing it or whatever, because, uh, you know, I didn't pay my dues the way everybody else. So I still feel kind of new in some ways, you know, because there's, a, there are, oh. there are kids that are coming into it that have literally more mm. experience in the music business than I do, because I just, I didn't start when I was 10, you know. Well, so, yeah. you, you just lost all credibility right there. <laughs> I know. <it's laughs> this like, interview's over, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, please leave. Uh, yeah. No, no that's great. Yeah, everybody yeah. comes at has their own story and their own way of, of getting where they are and, and yeah. what they're doing. But it's blessed. I, I mean, I've I've always been very very grateful for it. And and for me, the the greatest part is the people. You mm. know, getting to know the people, not only the audience people, but you know our 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 creative peers mm. and the the music uh, business uh, industry. Like everybody's just trying to do something great and chase their dreams, and which is kind of nice. You know, it's uh it's a it's a change from the from the corporate world for me. So so can you explain a little bit more about uh, getting into the industry, uh, finding your, you know, your, your, your reluctant uh, cowboy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> influence? Yeah. And then uh, what happened? How did you get, you said you started in, in, in 07 or so? Yeah. With your wife? Uh, yes. Is she, is she, how involved is she with what you do? 
I was very involved. So, uh, yeah, so when we when we got into it, we had this, uh, we had a hit with a fellow named Shane Yellowbird. Mm. And it was, uh, the song was called Pickup Truck and it blew up. Mm. And so all of a sudden we're like, okay, I guess we're, we got nominated for some stuff. We won a SoCan Award, which is a songwriting award. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we're like, okay, I guess we're doing this songwriting thing. And, and so the you know the reluctant side of it all was like I don't know if I really want to do this because you know every my <laughs> whole idea of like musicians is like you know like they can't afford you know their pants and they're like you know like life is hard for musicians it's like so I've always been like okay I'm going to do it but I'm going to like play it safe you mm. know and so but ultimately it got too busy and mm. um, and so really you know this creative endeavor that I've that I've taken on is really just a byproduct of me. Um, you know, because when I'm writing commercial pop or country Mm. music, a lot of times you kind of just get in a wheel and you're just creating stuff. And I like to break out of it. I've found that the more I break out and kind of do something weird and sing about something that's really honest and, and, uh, allow myself to be joyful Mm. that, um, it, it, it bleeds over into the country music thing. So Mm. this record is really sort of a, of a exercise of me, uh, just really being super honest about myself and my own experiences. And then. I also uh, recorded, mixed, and mastered the 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 uh, record. So, and that was uh, something that I just always really wanted to do. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you just decided to take all of that on, or or I mean, you have other people involved with what you do. Yes. What were they saying about that? Well, I think most people were like, "Okay, well, good yeah. luck," you know, because mixing and mastering. Because to be honest, like I I, I knew it was going to be tough, but I had mm. no idea how right. difficult it was going right. to be. Um, but I think for myself, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to make sure that creatively I'm able to, so if I'm working with David Moses, the recording artist, that we can write it, we can record it, mix and master it. We don't need anyone's permission or we can be in creative control and create a product. And, um, and in today's digital era, we Mm -hmm. were talking earlier, David, about how, for me, it's been really liberating sure. to be able to to because I can go onto YouTube, I can yep. sign up for online courses, and there's just a you know a sea, an ocean of knowledge out mm-hmm. there that you just you just have to grasp at. So yeah. I've taken the uh, the time over the last few years to to learn it. So it's and I and I love it, of course. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't love it, it would be like, oh my gosh, you know, be like, yeah, you know. And, and I guess that uh, that I mean. I, the digital world, as you pointed out, has really changed a lot of things in yeah. terms of music, how it's being watched, how it's being listened to, mm-hmm. um, how how it's being paid for or not. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's always a concern, of course, with with musicians is are, are they going to get uh, compensated for their work? Yeah. Um, and we all know about how the uh, Internet affected uh, uh, the music industry. It was, I think it was probably the first one to get hit. Pretty mm-hmm. hard, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I think all creative industries, and and so I'm I'm a director on the Songwriters Association of Canada. That's mm-hmm. a recent thing, and that's one of the things we talk about is like you know there's this mass sort of like um, you know shrinking of of the creative uh, community because mm-hmm. of the you know the advent of of the digital era, and so there is a lot of uh, you know adjustment period, and mm-hmm. so how are we going to be able to create sure. music or and be able to make money right. to to continue to do that? So um, there is a lot of uh, negativity towards it, but I always kind of look at it from my perspective. It's like, yes, there's that, but even with this, with this single and with this record, and even the video that came out today, um, you know, I was able. So I, I spent time doing a stop motion slash animation mm-hmm. video, and uh, I was able to do that all on my own. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't actually need anyone's, right. you know, so I didn't have to pay someone five thousand yep. dollars to create it. So. There's that side of it that it's like, okay, well, it's a lot easier for me to create the work, um, you know. And so I think that I believe at some point we're going to find this middle ground where I think creatively it's going to be a lot more liberated. Um, you know, the the music is going to be um, – and, and it'll be somewhat uh, easier for the, you know, for the average person to to uh, share their music. And, I mean, it already is that sure. way. But so uh, I'm, I feel hopeful about the, about the future, so – can't can't look at it 
the other way because uh, it would be sort of depressing to. Well, to yeah, think of it. <laughs> it's like, what's the point? <laughs> That's right. May as well That's be right. positive. <laughs> but you know, and that I don't know. I, I try to be a glass half uh, full guy yeah, yeah. kind of person anyway. Yeah, yeah. So. so, so listen, I'll jump in because I, I know uh, somewhere out there I can hear through the ether that somebody's saying, "Well, what song are you guys talking about?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, so it's called Light Bulb. You're, yes. That's the song that's dropping on radio today. Yes. Congratulations on that, by thank the way. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I listened to it, watched the video. It's a great video. It's oh, a lot of fun. Thank you. It's thank a lot you. of fun. Yeah. And it's got his, his uh, brother. It's about his brother. Yeah. In there. <laughs> Who's sitting here right next to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I decided to use Dan, my brother, and his <laughs> and my sister-in-law's name because I thought that would be just fun. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. fun, yeah. and it's a fun video. It's fun, and it really uh, it, it 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 works well with the song. Yeah, uh, you know, um, the video uh, complements the the lyrics and and the the way that the song unfolds well. For sure, um, you know, it, and it's it's very lighthearted. And uh, and just a, just a fun sort of you know. well, and for me because I'm a big, I have about 1,200 comic books at home. Mm-hmm. So for me, mm. the whole stop motion animation yeah. comic book thing was just really it's very near and dear to my right. heart. So right. it was it was nothing but fun. Mm. Way too much work for the first time. Sure, <laughs> you know? yeah. I was so, going to ask but, you about that. Because oh my yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's, it's been months, and of course I can't work on it during the day because I'm yeah. producing or writing or right. you know actually doing stuff that's. That people are are you know putting me so I this last little bit of course you know the singles coming out and my mm. publicist is saying like hey mm. like you know yeah yeah we need to get this finished and yeah. I'm like oh right <laughs> so so the other thing you mentioned is is producing you work with other artists I, I'm guessing yeah you bet that is relatively new yeah uh, you know I've worked with a fellow named Beamer Wigley uh, who's who uh, uh, formerly with Invictus uh, their Universal okay. uh, sister mm-hmm. company and um, uh, Jerry Serretta. Uh, who um, was uh, he's a, he's an artist that I produce and, and folk artists mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and so it's it for me it's it's a it's a tool in order to uh, eventually what I, what I want to get myself into is the idea that I'm working with the artists we're writing songs or finding songs mm-hmm. and that uh, you know I produce those songs and we can get that person or a record deal and, mm-hmm. and help uh, but it, being able to produce it and mix it and do all of that stuff together. Uh, affords us the uh, opportunity to bring something that's kind of you know already fleshed out. You yeah, because there's not much development going on in the business as much as there yeah, used to be. There used sure. to be you know like development deals, and yep. they would work with you for years. Absolutely. And, yeah. So there's not a lot of that now. So that's well, no. That's, I guess that's part of the, uh, the 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 damage that was done through uh, absolutely. you know the, this yep. uh, how the music industry got mm-hmm. hit. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, were you at community at the, the Canadian Music, music Week? Week? Yeah, a little bit uh, because we had the Songwriters Association was yeah. meeting during that. But yeah, yeah, so we got to mingle a little bit yeah. and 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 see some of our music business friends. So, yeah, yeah, because that's you know a lot of we heard a lot of I'm things sure. like that about yeah. the industry and how that's changing. What is the future? Yeah, yeah, and, and one of the things that came out of one of the sessions was, and you'll readily identify with this, as I'm sure a lot of other musicians, is that uh, uh, you know this one guy said. You know, don't even bother with the industry until you've got a following online, because that's where they're they're going to see who's following you. Right. They're looking at that already. You know, they're looking yeah. at that to say, okay, what's this person already done for themselves? Yeah. You know, before, yeah. Before even reaching out to the industry. So. Yeah, and and I think that's true. I, but I also feel too that I, I, like I agree with that in, in some ways, but I think more what I would tell someone is that you know you don't have to beg to mm. get played on radio. All you really need to do is work on your craft, mm. because once you start. And you you know once you start creating something that is and you've you've tapped into your creativity and it's honest and it's real, you know after, it becomes audible and then you're going out and you're doing showcases and people are like whoa who's that right you know and for me I always tell artists like be patient you know create your work and but just know that you're going to get there one day but it's not you know trying to you know force people to listen to you or like encourage people to you know play your stuff is like not the way to go you just be great first network but once it starts you know getting to the place where you know that that pie or that that mm. that cake that you've been baking all these years is ready mm. to go mm. people are going to catch that smell of that wonderful thing that you've been creating and they're going to be like yeah i want to i want a piece of that sorry are we talking about baking or music <laughs> i'm hungry now <laughs> <laughs> i am a songwriter it's metaphors you know it's like what can you do? Right. So it's interesting you say that because yeah. um, there was, again, uh, someone that was uh, leading one of these seminars and said, um, you know, if you're, sh- if you're sharing your music with, with other people mm-hmm. and they aren't sharing it, yeah. it only means that it's not ready. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a very good, gentle way of saying, yeah, uh, it just 
isn't quite there. Something yeah. about it just isn't there that I feel comfortable with sharing that with somebody. Definitely. Else. And I think as artists, you know, we're very precious with our stuff because it's mm. like, oh, I work so hard on this. But I think it's the idea of being like, you know, okay, like I'm going to create this and, and, you know, all I'm doing really is planting an apple tree. I always say, mm. I always use the apple tree as an example. It's like you put mm. it in the ground, you water it, yeah. and what do you do? You wait. And there's not going to be any apples on this thing for maybe a few years. Right. But you're still going to water it. Yep. And you know, if, if it really was an apple tree, you know, you have the, you don't, you have faith that this thing is going to grow into apples. You're not worried about that. So I would say it's the same creatively is you have to nurture your creativity, nurture your artistry, be honest and be always learning, but that eventually you'll get there, you know, and, and I do believe that. And I've seen it too many times to doubt it. So. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> I know <laughs> apples, cake, food. pie. It's like <laughs> I haven't had breakfast yet. I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So uh, I just want to say once more, we do have to take a pause. And uh, we're going to come back after this pause. We're going to talk more with Troy and about his song. And I think uh, we're going to get set up maybe to uh, have you guys do a tune yeah. for us. Strobe lights. Yeah. Dry, dry yeah we'll bring it in. Uh, yeah. All of it, man. Back up the truck. <laughs> Let's get it unloaded. We got two minutes. All right. So we're going to take a pause here on Moment of Truth and Element FM, and we will be right back right here with Troy Kokel and his brother Dan. Welcome back to Element FM and Moment of Truth. So we're, uh, I have a little bit of a smile on my face here. It's just that we're, we're set up now for uh, Troy and his brother Dan to do a, a live song for us here in the studio, and we're very grateful for that. You are listening to Element FM. It's just that I have to bend over now and talk into the microphone. Because it's very awkward. It's I feel very weird. strange. Um, but anyway, yes, they're going to do a song for us here. And you are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And that is E-L-M-N-T-F-M if you're uh, listening or want to download and listen anywhere across the country on the Radio Player Canada app. If you do that, type in 106.5 E-L-M-N-T-F-M or 95.7 E-L-M-N-T-F-M and you can listen anywhere. You can listen to this live right across the country. So uh, this song is the new song by Troy Kokel and it is called uh, Light Bulb. And uh, you can also check it out on his website. You can go there. This song is dropping today on radio on radio across Canada. And uh, we're very grateful that you are going to hear it here live, right here, right now on Element FM. This is Troy Kokel and his brother performing live Light Bulb. Talking half the night, I'm just hearing voices in my head Telling me just watch your step, mind the gap, boy, look out for the edge Cause I've been broken before, picking pieces off the floor But I'm still looking for a girl like you I'm a little fragile, shattered and bruised Get a little black and blue, so gunshot. Looking for a girl like you. Cause I'm a light bulb in a box, tape shut full of rocks, and I'm just tumbling down. Like a light bulb in a box, down be turned to dust if I keep tumbling down. Twice as shy, but when it comes to you, I take that chance. Pull myself together, girl, and I put every fragment in your hands. Oh, cause I've been broken before, picking pieces off the floor, but I'm still looking for a girl like you. I'm a little fragile, shattered and bruised. Got a little black and blue, so gunshot. Looking for a girl like you. I'm a light bulb in a box, tape shut full of rocks, and I'm just tumbling down. Like a light bulb in a box, yeah, I'll be turned to dust if I keep tumbling down.
light bulb in a box Tape shut full of rocks And I'm just tumbling down Just a light bulb in a box Yeah, it won't take much if I keep tumbling down Like a light bulb in a box Tape shut full of rocks And I'm just tumbling down Like a light bulb in a box Yeah, I'll be turned to dust if I keep tumbling down Whistling's hard. <laughs> nice job, guys. Very nice job. Thank you. Uh, I don't know about you out there in Radio Land listening, but I sure was tapping my toes to that and having a good time listening. Thanks, guys. That was that was a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, and you guys looked like you were enjoying doing it, too. Always. Always. And, and I was also watching you trying to... Play that guitar and whistle at the same time. It is. Man, whistling is like, you know. <laughs> and you're bending like, over my, low. It's trying my to... dry Alberta lips, you know. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that was great. That's great. And that is the new song that uh, Troy has dropped on radio today. It is called Light Bulb. You heard it here, right on Element FM, uh, live in our studio. So uh, congratulations uh, to you. Thank and you all so much. the work that you have done, and all the many artists you want to want to just uh, you mentioned Shane Yellowbird, but come yeah. on, there's there's a few other people you've worked with. Uh, yeah, so we've worked with Brett Kissel, who's a country artist as well. Uh, Tennille Towns is a good uh, friend of ours. Um, Jerry Serretta, and we've worked with the Higgins, and so we yeah we have a, a whole bunch of great artists. Dan Amaro, Don Amaro. Don Amaro yeah. Yes, we've uh, written a little bit with Don, and so yeah, we're 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 very blessed, and we we love our. Our musical amigos, so we're uh, yeah, they're very near and dear to our hearts. So, so uh, what are you uh, what are you planning now for the future? You got this, which is great. It's it's probably yeah. relief that you've got that done. You got the video Huge. done. It's it's out yeah. there, yeah. Um, and it's always I guess comforting to know that whew, at least I can get yeah. that off my plate now and, yeah. and sort of relax maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not work at night is pretty That's much right. yeah my yeah because I'm always busy songwriting and producing. So mm. the my art. My, anything that I'm doing as an artist for myself is always kind of like when I can squeeze it in and, you know, evenings and weekends. And uh, so uh, it's, uh, yeah, it'll be a, a nice time to like just kind of be able to get up in the morning and have coffee and just be normal, mm. work on some songs and produce some stuff and, and not be like super stressed that my publicist is going to call and say, hey. Where's just my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, now, is is Calgary still home for you? Yes. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, we I try. I'll be traveling out here every year, and so uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I and and this is the great thing about uh, being involved in the Aboriginal community because that's new for me. Yeah. Uh, even though I am AT, you know, being involved with the Aboriginal community musically has been such a blessing and I've right. learned so much and been so inspired by it. So I really want to, uh, you know, take advantage of the, the opportunities I have now to, to just, you know, learn more and, uh, and get to know some of the great people that are in this business and, you know, including you guys and, and um, yeah, just participate and hopefully add some value to the to the mix, you know. So can you elaborate on that a little mm-hmm. bit? You said it's fairly new to you, so yeah. I'm guessing uh, what do you, what 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 do you know about your past, or what do you know well, about that and side this of is it? The thing so we grew up, you know, we have an Aboriginal household, and, and so we grew up around a lot of uh, um, substance abuse, and so growing up, um, you know, I there was a very long period of time where I, you know, on purpose uh, was fearful and distanced mm. myself from sure. my from my cultural. Uh, identity. And so it was, it was very, uh, you know, heartwarming and, and uplifting and inspiring for me to, to last year I was nominated for the Indigenous Music Awards and mm. I got to see all the artists there. Mm. And just, it was a really big uh, sort of um, uh, moment for me to see how much, uh, you know, positivity there was there. Yeah. And just, yeah, so I'm really trying to connect more with that. And, um, and I was really grateful for that because it was uh, it was just kind of a you know it was something I just wasn't aware of you know yeah, so, yeah. well it's unfortunate but it, it's also maybe perhaps truthful to mention that that uh, that the, a lot of the negativism a lot of the negative side of the culture or yeah. or what we hear about indigenous people yeah. is, is stuff that was was not there to begin with it was 
brought in by by yeah. policy and and all the things that have happened to indigenous people absolutely in this country, that so. i think it's that and also too because it seems like and this is what i realized in calgary is that the negative stuff is more visible mm. you know like yeah, i think that's absolutely. what people yeah. see is that you know there are uh, there is a the vast majority there's like these you know there's wonderful people that have great stories and and you know amazing uh you know uh ways of living and uh you know life principles that mm. you know for me I'm just excited to get to know more about mm. that mm. um and so I I that that's the most uh, positive thing for me and I'm looking forward to it well I wish you all the best with yeah. that with uh, both of you and and uh, continued luck down that road and uh, if we can help in any way we'd be happy to do that uh, thank you so much and uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to come in and and uh, share your your knowledge and your story with us, as well as your songs and, and music. So uh, we, we, again, wish you all the best in the future. Nyao Miigwech and Monishi for, for sharing that with us today. Thank you so much. So uh, we, we uh, have to pack up the truck now, get rid of all the, uh, the dry lights. ice and the strobe lights. Uh, yeah, we got to get the spandex off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that hurting, by the way? It is. Yeah. I know I, your voice sounded a little higher. It's a little tight. <laughs> They're too tight. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to take a pause, and we will be right back with uh, some people from the the. Um, uh, ooh, I've got to get my notes here because I'm um, uh, buddies in bad time. That's what we're doing, and that's uh, not sure who's going to be joining us, but we will be joined by a couple of people. Thanks once again to Troy and his brother for coming in. Check out uh, his website at uh, Troy Kokel, that is T-R-O-Y-K-O-K-O-L dot com, I believe it is. And you can see his material and the video that goes along with Lightbulb that you were just listening to. Thanks. We'll be right back after this. Yay! Welcome back to Element FM and Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You are listening in Ottawa and Toronto. 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. Or you can be listening on the Radio Player Canada app anywhere across the country. If you download that app and type in 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM, and you can listen on your device of choice across the nation. I'd like to just say thanks once again to Troy Kokel and his brother for coming in to speak with us about their new song that's just dropping today, Light Bulb. And uh, you can listen on his, uh, go to his website. You can uh, see the video that goes along with that. It's very cute. It's a great song, as you may have heard. You heard that live right here in our studios this morning. Right now, I want to welcome a couple of people that are are, uh, involved with some performances at Buddies in Bad Time. And it's the 40th anniversary of Buddies in Bad Time. And uh, that's that's quite an accomplishment in itself. I would like to welcome... Carvella Lee, she's the co-director of The Countess and Me, which is uh, coming up. It's in pre-production and and a preview coming up. And also Cole Avis, he's the director of Lilies. And uh, that is going up until May 26th. There you go. And uh, so I'd like to welcome them both to the studio this morning. And uh, thanks for coming in, guys. No problem. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. So um, it's great to have two people involved with two different performances that are that are happening. That gives us twice the amount of stuff to talk about. It's great that that's going on. Can you guys uh, now, Lilies? If I if I can jump in uh, um, about that because that is based on, I believe, on a true story. Is it not? It came from the East Coast. Oh, um, I believe it's fiction. Oh, okay. Uh, Michel Marc Bouchard's the um, French Canadian playwright who yes. wanted to. Have a Romeo and Juliet story yes. for um, for gay people. Right. Really, he wanted to have uh, an RNJ, a queer RNJ. Yeah, and so he threaded some queerness into that play that premiered in the late '80s in mm. French in mm. Montreal. It happened uh, in Toronto and also in the late '80s, translated into English at Theatre Passe-Marie. Okay, and then John Grayson, uh, a queer Canadian filmmaker, turned it into a film in '96. Right, um, and so uh, since then, it's been an opera. Mm. Uh, that's gone uh, out west, largely Victoria, uh, Montreal, also in mm. Edmonton, and and now we're bringing it back for Buddies in Bad Times' 40th anniversary season. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a play about prisoners yes. um, putting on a play and and holding a bishop accountable for his actions in yes. uh, in his youth. Yes, and for our production, we're centering Indigenous and Black actors and artists, um, both in the cast and on the creative team. So now I know what it is. I was getting mixed up with one of the performers is from the East Coast. That's what it, well, that's what the tie-in was I was thinking about there. So um, that's great. So uh, that, as you were saying, is running up until the 26th of May. That's right. 
Can you tell me something about the uh, the 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 people involved that you said you've you've selected these people specifically for this these roles? Obviously, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a chief director here in Degarundo. My Métis and Chippewa heritage, mm. as well as my Irish and English heritage, mm. come from the Turtle Mountains in Manitoba, mm. as well as the north part of North Dakota. Okay. And Walter Borden, I think, is who you were yes, to. Yes, that's right. He's the central character in our show, and um, he's Mi'kmaq Choctaw, as mm. well as. Uh, African diaspora. Yeah. And uh, as the central character in our show, we've positioned the play to be around his identities. Mm. Um, and so in order to reflect the communities that are overly incarcerated in prison today, mm. again, um, indigenous people make up 4%, 4% of Canada's population, mm. 26% of the incarcerated population. Mm -hmm. Similarly, black Canadians are 3% of our population and uh, over 8% of those that are incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And so in order to bring these um, communities to the center of this production, uh, Walter is the center, uh, the, the lead character, and then he's cast his inmate friends, asked them to participate in this play in order to hold the bishop accountable. And, you know, I, I saw the little, uh, the little um, video clip that was online about this, and... And why I'm bringing that up is because the and 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 you know I don't know why this 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 seems uh, sort of necessary to say, but it looks from from the people that were picked from this, it, they look very interesting on their own. You know, they they really do look like very interesting characters. Uh, it's just the way that it's set up and the way they're they're shown. I'm going these these people look great for for the for it 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 sort of perks the interest. You know, going oh I want to I want to know more about this. So it's been a real privilege to be in rehearsal. Mm. Uh, Walter Borden's seventy seven. Mm -hmm. um, Joseph Zita's in his and he early, looks great. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> um, and Joseph Zita is one of the younger actors mm. in the cast, and he's in his early. 20s. Mm. And so we've got three generations of two-spirit and queer mm. uh, artists of color. Mm. Um, and, and that's a, a pretty special thing to have around the table at yeah, yeah. rehearsal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you can tell us about that or set up for us? Or Oh, sure. Yeah. It's um, Lily's means a lot, particularly to um, gay white audiences. And so there's a, a, a large interest in us bringing it back and having an opportunity to see the show. Um, and then it's also an opportunity for this queer Canadian classic to be made more relevant and mm. more urgent mm. to, um, to to spirit and, and, and to black queer mm. uh, communities. So we're excited to be able to be bringing this quintessential story um, and making it more relevant to a broader audience. Is there something in the timing of this in terms of bringing it, uh, bringing it and, and, and putting it on and creating it the way that, that you've just explained does it have to do anything with, with – there seems to be this new perspective or a new openness or a new awareness, in, even in terms of the truth and reconciliation and how that has sort of uh, opened the doors, I guess, to some degree, just about more you know, ingenuity. Yeah, I think it's – I think it's time. I think for a long time, particularly in Canadian theatre, um, whiteness has been centred and mm. it's it's been what – what can get produced. Mm. And we are in a, a time right now where uh, Lemon Tree Creations is the queer theater company that I run. Mm. We're one of the co-producers of, of this production. Um, we're really taking advantage of this time to, to be pushing the conversation further and forward, um, really centering indigenous artists and, and black artists and artists of color, and not just by casting them, but by having them in, the, in leadership positions, mm. um, in, in creative control positions, mm -hmm. where the communities that whose stories are on stage, artists from those communities are um, are really in the driver's seat in, in how those stories are being told. Great. Uh, that also sounds like it's uh, uh, long overdue as well. <laughs> so uh, thanks for sharing that, Cole. So that is the, the voice of Cole Avis you've been listening to. He's the director of Lilies. We also have with us in the studio the co-director of The Countess and Me, and that is Carvella Lee. Carvella, welcome to the program, and thanks for coming in today as well. Thanks for having me. Uh, so tell us about The Countess and Me. Okay, so The Countess and Me was, is put on by the Confluence Arts Collective. And we are partnering with Buddies, and we're giving space to formerly incarcerated women who are really interested in art. And we're taking characters from the Play Lilies and putting on our own production for the pre-show. Hmm. Um, 
No, you know, I've heard of, of productions in, in, in other times that where people that have been incarcerated have been put in positions of, of giving given roles and they usually find something pretty interesting to pull out of characters when they do a performance. Would you agree with that? Um, I definitely do agree. Um, I find that a lot of the women, this is their first time um, engaging in theater or the arts at all and yeah they're finding it very beneficial and they're having a great time and I can really see them um, bringing the characters to life. Um, would you would you say and I, I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth or I'm not trying to read into this anymore but I'm just wondering on a it, do you see this somewhat as therapeutic for these people as well? I do see it as therapeutic because it's a space um, it's a space where mm. you can come in and just be yourself and and enjoy art. You know what I mean. Nothing really matters once you're inside. You know what I mean. And the workshop has started. So, because they are first time, uh, many of them are first time performers. Um, what would you say about the the uh, the, the training process or the process of going through through um, 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 just just getting this going, getting them into character and those kind of things? What what? Can you bring, is there something different about that process or? Um, there was a lot different about the process because um, we are using characters from Lily's, but mm. um, it's their own work. You know right. what I mean? And um, it's just, I think we have to have a lot more patience because they're not, like, it's the structure of it that's mm. kind of, like, unfamiliar to them. Um, but, no, I think overall it's it's, they're really into it, so it doesn't it's not work at all. <laughs> now, what about backstage and those kind of things for both you guys? Are you, are you carrying that beyond, you know, the performance level to include the, you know, the, the uh, um, Indigenous and, and people of Black heritage involved in that as well with this? Yeah, for Lily's, the story takes place in a male prison, so mm-hmm. there's nine men on stage. Right. And in order to balance the uh, the gender of the production team, we uh, centered two spirit and uh, women of color, specifically queer women, uh, within the design team. And um, similarly, uh, as the director of Lilies, there's also Nikki Sheffield as the associate director, and then Donna Michelle Saint Bernard as the outside eye. So there were two uh, women of color that are supporting me in in this process, and that felt important because we're tackling issues that are lived experiences by not everyone within the creative team. And because uh, both Nikki and DM uh, are prison abolitionists, they're engaged in this activism, they're more aware of these lived realities, and then also have an artistic sensibility. Engaging them was one of the ways that I could hold myself accountable to telling these stories in a good way. And through that leadership position with Nikki um, and her uh, shared role at Confluence, that's how we were able to get connected with Carvella and other artists to be able to do this good work um, at Passan. How long have you guys been working on the idea of these two plays to bring them to life and bring them to fruition? I was involved in a reading of Lily's about five years ago. Okay. It was a fundraiser for the Canadian Lesbian and Gay Archives, which is now called the Archives with a Q. And um, at that time, we were wanting to see it produced. It's it's a large cast. It's a big production. And um, as I mentioned, it premiered in English in the late 80s, and it hasn't happened in Toronto since. Um, and so it took us some time to get the funding and, and to get the producing partners on board and to be able to be here with the show running as it is. Um, and engaging Nikki was as how we got Confluence on board. How long have you been in rehearsal for the Countess of Maine? I think seven or eight weeks. Yeah. And you meet once a week, is Um, that right? Yeah, we meet once a week um, for, I think, two hours. Yeah, I got to go to the first rehearsal that they had. And Mm. um, it was pretty special to be there and um, to see the work that's happening. Similarly, we invited the... Uh, participants from the Countess and me to come witness one of mm. our earlier dress rehearsals. Mm. And again, this comes back to accountability where we're telling a love story that happens to be set in a prison, mm. um, but we're wanting to make sure that we're doing that in a way that 
those who have lived experiences of, of, of incarceration um, had an opportunity to feedback and to, uh, to respond to, to how we were representing their story. And what did, you, what did you find from having that feedback? It's pretty exciting to, to be in the rehearsal process and to, to be witnessing how they're working yeah. um, and then to have them come, come eat with us. We, we had food there, so we were able to, to sort of sit and, and um, get to know each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was, then, was there, did you learn something from that process, though? Did, did, was there something that you, you experienced or something you learned from that experience to go, oh, I had not thought of it that way or, or you know, something in that regard? We definitely got some pretty specific feedback about there's um, some drums that are in the show. Mm. We've, we've really um, been careful to indigenize the mm. play. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's it's a white story. It's it's yeah. a, uh, a French Canadian playwright, yeah. um, and and yet in this prison, uh, Walter Borden plays Simone, the central character, and and he's cast his two spirit and and black and immigrant friends to, mm. to be in these roles. Mm. And those inmates have then brought their culture into their interpretation of, of this story. Mm. Um, and so we've got two-spirit culture represented. And um, one of the participants from the Countess and me was, um, because we're, we've set the play in the chapel of the prison, there's no backstage. The actors mm. are on stage all okay. the time. There's, yeah. there's the props table over right. there. And, and they could see the, the drums and, and the shakers that we're using. And um, they spoke about those uh, traditional items as as being um, something beyond props and requiring a bit more care. Mm. Um, and so mm. we have sure. um, a blanket that my mom made, actually, <laughs> is now um, what the drum is resting on, mm. on our otherwise mm-hmm. uh, props table sure. in the show. Right. Right. Um, what What do each of you hope that the audience will take away from seeing these performances I hope that the audience takes away that art can come in different forms you know and it doesn't always have to have white voices behind it and we're all valid and all our experiences are valid especially because the countess and me we take from a lot of the women like their own experiences and how we can just Anything can be art, you know, our culture, our stories, just us. Mm. Um, Lily's is an incredible play about love and theater, even, and beauty. Um, and I think what I'm excited about is the opportunity for people to enjoy that love story and, and, and live in that romance and also think critically about who's incarcerated today and how we're all implicated in in the, in these injustices that mm. disproportionately impact uh, some communities more than others. Mm. Interesting. Uh, you know, as as you guys were talking, I was thinking, I was asking myself, you know, well, what would I, what, what do I think about about this, and and what would I look for if I'm sitting in the audience watching this? And what I'm thinking of is that that as you mentioned, a lot of these people are first time performers. They're they've been incarcerated. They're coming out. They're they're and I think that's really difficult in some ways for, for these people to do that because of their past and what's happened to them. Um, but I think that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's something on one side to see a professional actor do something that they can bring out from, to a character, right, that, that we all go, wow. But there's something about the rawness that, that an un- uh, an un, either you know untrained or un, inexperienced person can bring that is just true and real and and that you you can't get from an experienced actor. Do, do you know what I'm saying? I definitely I definitely do agree. I think their experiences have helped them to bring out the things that they're bringing out. And I'm so 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 very proud, and I'm so happy to be a part of something so beautiful. You know. Nice, nice. Cool. Would you add to that, or would you? Yeah, I think it's important as as we're considering in the eight weeks with the Countess yeah. and any any kind of training or or theatrical um, uh, skills that might be being um, transferred there. Similarly, in our four week rehearsal process with professional actors, mm. we were asking them 
to train mm. or to consider what are these lived experiences and to be bringing themselves to to that as well so that that there's learning happening really in all in all directions on this project and and like with any live performance regardless of trained or untrained or experienced or you know inexperienced uh, it takes guts to get up there on stage and, and, and put yourself out there and bring bring life to a character, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Would you add to that? How would you, how would you say these, these people are, are, um, are, are approaching that? They're approaching it with full force. <laughs> they have absolutely no problem performing Excellent. and being on stage that's and just great. sharing their stories. I love that's, them. That's great. That's great to hear. That's fabulous. Cole, any... Uh, yeah, with our collaboration with Nikki and, and DM, mm. um, Prison Abolition became part of our rehearsal process. Mm. So not only were we doing all of the things that you do around um, breaking down the script and, and doing the blocking, which is mm-hmm. showing where, where the actors are going to move, and we brought in these social justice techniques in order to make sure that the, that the cast, as they're making those choices of mm. what it means for this inmate to say yes to this mm. exploration, to participate in this form of alternative justice with their other inmate friend. Mm. We wanted them to have some of that context and um, to be able to do some of that um, thinking in their own lives of what it means to them. Um, and uh, one of our cast, uh, Troy Marie Twig, is a two-spirit artist. He's Blackfoot from what's now called Alberta and is a residential school survivor. Mm-hmm. And so is one of the folks in the cast that has lived experience of incarceration. And so really wanting to make sure that those experiences are, um, are recognized and, um, and brought into the show. Great. So we're almost out of time. Can you guys tell me quickly the dates of performances for both your plays, please? Yeah, Lily's is on stage at Buddies and Bad Times Theatre, uh, playing Tuesday through Sunday until May 26th. Okay. And the same for Countess. We are at the Buddies and Bad Times Theater, and we are performing on the 16th. Excellent. Thank you both for coming in. I appreciate your time, and really, uh, I'm very, uh, very excited about this for you and the 40th year of Buddies and Bad Time. And we've been speaking with Carvella Lee. She's the co-director of Countess and Me, uh, the Countess and Me, and also Cole Avis, the director of Lilies. Thanks for coming in, guys. Much appreciated. I also want to say Nyawa, Miigwech, Wanishi, and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy, Aidan Wolf, and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Janet Lamb, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zaboken, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa, Miigwech, and thanks for listening. This show was brought to you in part by APTN.